Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Proceed in today's service. Lord, we pray that your name may look with you. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seats. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Happy Easter to everyone. Happy Easter. And may the joy of Easter be asked in the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to have a conversation around Easter, but you know, you just got, you know, I, I pray that God would give every one of us to follow me to the point where you probably, you know, you know, some, uh, I thought today is Easter, what we're talking about expanding the kingdom of God, but we are talking about Easter, but just bear with me as we move on. God has said to us today. In fact, he said it the first day he told us about evangelism. He said, everyone, that was exacerbated, everyone should go out. But we made the announcement. During last week, God said, there should be no one who should not partake in speaking to somebody about salvation this week. And today, God has said, everyone should Particularly to this evangelism. We were thinking of putting the kids even behind, but we're going to take them out for a while and just see how we can accommodate them. Um, we That's why we're trying to finish the service as early as possible so that we can go out and spend like an hour and a half. You don't have to spend the whole hour and a half. I know that some of us have. Um, except those who have walked overnight and are going again in the morning, sorry, in the, in the night to try understand that, but it's important that we partake in the evangelism. You know, um, I was, you know, there, there are so many things that are coming to my mind during the week, you know, I, I, I during this week, I went out to give, put leaflets through people's doors and things like that. Then, you know, I, I did a little bit of research also around it. And, you know, people said, you know, uh, I've asked, if I asked by showing of hands, you know, in the last one month, did you receive any leaflet through your door that spoke about the gospel? I don't know if anybody has had any in the last in the last one month that spoke about the gospel, not church invitation, spoke about the gospel. One, okay, one this you know in the last one month. So that shows you that most of the time people do not receive the gospel in their houses. When you receive all these leaflets through the door pizza and things like even those that you, you don't care about. You don't immediately put it in the bin. You put it somewhere. Then later on, it goes in the bin. So what I start to say is that when you put those things, a leaflet, now they're talking about, they're talking about the gospel, I'm using God as an example. When you put it through the door, that means that it is still lying in that house for at least a week. And that chance, there is more possibility that somebody will walk past and see what it is. I see what it is. I am not saying that. We see, we're just trying to see how best to be effective. You know, what are the chances that if you hand somebody a bill, a handbill on the road, they will read it. But what if it's in their house? 
they would probably pick it up in the morning. Because when I was giving out, it was early in the morning. So I, I, I literally had people walking, getting up and walking up to pick it up from their letterbox. So that I was like, okay, you know, that means that you know, they would have time to look at it. It might not even be now. It might even be something that somebody else in their house will wake up and be scrambling through things and just pick it up. So what we are doing is that you know, we are looking at, as we are going out, you know, I, I have made up my mind. I, I worked as a postman before and I was in delivery leaflets for, for, you know, <laughs> for companies. I just said to myself, you know, thank God that God has, you know, I'm not, in that, I'm not doing that kind of job, but you know, I can do it for God. So <laughs> God help us in that name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't mean that postman job is, is bad. If you work in Royal Mill, you know that Royal Mill. I was earning more money in that job than <laughs> where, where I am. In fact, when I crossed over, it was half, half of my pig one. Ah, see all those people when I sell the roads. There's serious money in their hands. <laughs> God, God, bless, God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm not, so don't get me that I said, well, that was the job I did before. No, you, you, it's, the money is, is there. Yeah, if you are ready to do the hours, you get the money. Yeah, things like that. So um, God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we start off by talking around the expansion of the kingdom of God. See, it's quite important. Each time we sing that song, I just wanted to just point it out. There was a time I had a dream, you know, I've had, I think I had two major dreams, you know, one when, you know, I was able to see heaven and hell at the same time. And, you know, and the other one, this, this is very far, you know, I think I was a uni or so. And the other one is this that talks about this song was that I was I was driving into this you know I was driving into this place it was it was such a lovely place I was driving and I, it was a bus and when I was coming into the environment I was hearing people saying ah bio today and all this kind of stuff and it was like it was such a, a beautiful place and I, and I was driving through and. I saw a man that came and he waved me down. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm back home. He said, no, no, no. He said, how many people are in your house? So when I look at the window, he said, so you have all these empty seats and you are coming back. And he said, we will do you a favor not to, not to let the father know that you came home. So go back and go and fill this bus. Then, then when I was Driving back, I could hear the trumpet. It was a trumpet that was singing the song, God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we look at, you know, the figurative, the Bible talks about Zion as the, as the gathering of the people of God. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 87, verse 2 to, 2 to 7, the Bible says that the Lord, the, Lord, uh, the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all that dwellings of Jacob. The Bible says that glorious things are said of you, city of, of God. I, I will record, I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me. And Tyre and things. These are he said, uh, these are people, these are nations that were not worshipping God. He now said, and will say, This one is born in Zion. 
indeed it will be indeed of Zion it will be said, this one and that one are, were born in her. The Most High Himself will establish her. The Lord will write a register of all the people who was born in Zion. Now, what I'm trying, what's what's what, what I'm laying emphasis on here is that when it comes to Zion, as far as God is concerned, you have to be born. Even though somebody may be from Babylon, may be another nation entirely, they don't claim city. It is not by affiliation. The Bible says that they have to be born. So irrespective of where they are or who they've been, maybe, you know, the Bible records the facts that they have to be born. So it's just quickly for me to let you know that when it comes to the kingdom of God, it is by birth. It is by birth. And when the Bible begins to begins to describe prophetically how a bat, how how people are born into the kingdom, how people are born into the kingdom, Isaiah chapter sixty six verse seven to nine, the Bible says, before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pain. Upon he comes upon her, he delivers a son. Who has heard of such things? Who has seen things like this? Can a nation be born in one day? And the Bible says, it says, yet, it says, yet no sooner is Zion in labor, she gives birth to her children. Now, what the Bible is saying is that God is saying that you know he eats. When it comes to certain levels of birth, there are some births that things just happen without you necessarily, you know, you, you, you feel the labor pains. But the Bible is saying that, you know, when it comes to births, certain, you know, the delivery procedure has to have pain, even though it may be quick. And for those who, are, who understand, you know, um, when you, when a child is about to be given birth to, in a in even in the rural in the in the old day olden days, there is what we call the antenatal care. Basically, talking to the woman, talking to the family about the antenatal care and things like that. Now there is a process of antenatal going on, but when it comes to birth, it is a different bargain. So the Bible is saying that, and God said in verse 9, he said, do, he said, verse 9, please. The Bible says, do I bring a moment of baths and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when, when I bring it to delivery? So the Bible is saying, what, what I'm still trying to lay some foundations here is that there is a time where there is the alternative period where you are advised, where you are coached, where you are spoken to. But when it comes to, to, to delivery point of view, the system is totally different. So what I'm actually what we are saying is that when at times when God is speaking to us as a Christian, you know, we are we are having we've been we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been seeking the face of God. God God is is directing us. There is 
a time where you have your attilator, but there's a time where God is expecting you to give that. To give that. And the setting is normally different. Can I have the next please? The setting is, 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 normally, is normally different. You know, I was, you know, you can see this man and this woman smiling. Um, they are having, this is attilator conversations. You know, this man is, you know, holding the hand of his wife and they are laughing together. You can see them here cuddling one another when it's attenator. But when it comes to delivery, it's a different buggy. <laughs> you know, you have to train some women not to swear for that man. <laughs> because at that time, it is not... You, we are not, see, and do you know that sadly, if this delivery process is not successful, all this attenator class means nothing. So, the whole process of going through attenator is so that this period will be good and it will lead to something like this. So when you have a Christian that is always hearing the word of God, but never coming to the point of belief, all the attenuated sessions mean nothing. And at this point of delivery, there is no, um, you know, you... There is no, you give everything to me. The doctors are running everywhere. There is no, see, all these ones where, you know, at, at least, you know, um, we're, we're having, um, when we had our own baby, there was conversations around, do you want uh, home deliveries, home baths, home delivery, all those fancy things. <laughs> so I said, you know, don't worry, you know, you can have your, your baby in the baths, in a, in a, whatever, in a bowl, I, think, I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. What about medical people? What about and things like that? And you know, you 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 know, you, you make it sound like you know, things like that. But that day, <laughs> even the water bath, nobody remembered. You get what I'm saying? So. And I, I, I don't know. I think people still do it. I think yeah, it's an option. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but honestly, I don't know how people do it because see, you can plan and want all this. Um, this is the song we want to be listening to. Right? All this kind of song. <laughs> when the baby kicks, starts to kick, you don't you you forget about all of that. You have to, so personally, I don't see the reason why they do all this. Uh, let us go through your batting process uh, plan. I think it doesn't make sense, personally to me. Because most people, <laughs> if you give them the batting plan, then I say, okay, we now want to prepare water for you. You'll be like, I don't, I don't want this baby out. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. Just, you know, all I'm, what I'm trying to say is, and the Bible now goes on to say, let's go back to that Isaiah, please. I, the Bible says that the, the Bible says, yet no sooner Zion is in, in labor than, um, than she gives birth to her children. 
Let's go to the uh, previous slide, it's verse 8, just to get it more clear. The Bible says, um, the Bible says, before the pins come upon her, I de she delivers a son. Before she goes into labor. See, as beautiful as this thing is, for those who work in maternity, she's, she's gone out, for those who, are, who work in maternity, if your, if your child comes out quicker, mm -hmm. the intensity of the um, contractions go quicker. So, as even though this sounds good, it is more it is more intense. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because you are still the when the, the part is normal, I know the the contraction is going bit by bit, increasing from one level to another. But if it's as if you are being induced, the whole um, energy just goes at once. Does that make sense? So, what God is saying is that even in this period, now, what does this, what does this have to do with anything? We are talking about, we are talking about um, um, the resurrection of Christ. See, I just want to also say to us that in the kingdom of God, the, you know, um, in the kingdom of God, when when we come to when we come to giving giving birth, it is it takes an effort. There is nobody who is giving birth to into this kingdom that does not fall that the, the person carrying the baby does not go through pain. Galatians chapter chapter five. Sorry, chapter 4, verse 19. Paul saying, My little children, whom I travail in bats again until Christ is formed in you. So then, of whom I travail in bats again. That means he did it once. That means that there has to be somebody who is responsible for somebody being born into the kingdom. Even the people that you think just walked in, somebody somewhere labored on the altar of prayer for them. Because in this kingdom, you don't walk in, you are born. You are born. So you, we, we say, um, let's look at it in the Amplified, please. Um, The Bible says, my little children of whom I am again in pains of, in, in, in the pains of labor until Christ is formed in you, completely and permanently formed within you. Now, so basically there is a pain of giving birth to a child. And there is another pain to see that that person grows to become like Jesus. To become like Christ. And every one of us, as far as gee, the Bible is concerned, we are we 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 we, we are we are expected to give baths to somebody. We are expected to give birth to someone. Now let's just look at first Peter. 
The Bible says, Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to the elect, to God's elect, exiles scattered through, through, through the province of Pontius Galatians and and verse 2 says that who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit to the obedience of to the to be obedient to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of the blood the grace and peace and abundance to you now the Bible says that praise be to God. Praise be to the, to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, has given us new births into a living hope through resurrection. Resurrection, as far as scriptures is concerned, is a season of that. I don't know, you know, people may not see resurrection that way. Resurrection, actually. So I'm not surprised when God said on Easter. Because resurrection is a season of birth in the kingdom. And the Bible says that a living hope through the resurrection of our of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's let's look at that. Um, quickly also just that verse 3 in, in the Amplified. Let's go to the Amplified uh, verse 3, sorry. The Bible says that do I have verse 3 here? Verse 3, please. The Bible says blessed and grateful and gratefully praised and adored be, be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundance and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is, to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed, set apart for his purpose, to an everlasting living hope and confidence, assurance, through the resurrection of Christ. So when you are talking resurrection, what the Bible defines as resurrection is a season of birth. So when people are celebrating resurrection, heaven is in the labor room expecting that who is this one going to give birth to? I'm not allowed, you know. I'm sorry, I'm, I, I didn't mean to take away your resurrection. The power of resurrection is alive. The worship we've done is, is accurate before God. But another level to look at it is that in the season of resurrection, heaven is expecting something to be given back to. Heaven is expecting something to be given back to. See, um, let's look at Acts chapter 13 also, just for you to see that you know it's not just a, 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 a single narration in the scriptures. The Bible says that, that God has completely fulfilled his promise to our children by raising up Christ, as by raising up Christ, that is resurrection, as it is also written in the book of um, in the second Psalms, 
you are my son. Today I have begotten you. So when Christ resurrected, it was a sign of new birth. So the, the, the actual way, the way to kind of uh, celebrate resurrection is the ability to check ourselves that am I giving birth? Am I prepared to go through that labor pain? Or do I want to stay and keep enjoying antidata classes? And not proceed to my labor birth, to, to the labor room. So when God is pointing at evangelism, pointing at you, reaching out to souls, he's seeing the season and say, oh, it's, it's resurrection. And I'm expecting people to get back. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, as we as we move closer to, you know, as we as, as we just get, meditate and enjoy resurrection today, I want you to, you know, I want you to reflect on the fact that, you know, that's why that is why the Bible calls talks about the power of resurrection, because when you are going through, you need you need the power of God to accompany you. That's why when people are going out to evangelize, to share the gospel, the power of God is released. The power of God is released. May God grant us grace and understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. See, our faith as a Christian, as Christians, is anchored on the death and resurrection of Christ. If we do not, on that is why, you know, people will rightly say that the Bible, Jesus only asked us to celebrate one thing. He did not say we should celebrate his birth. Is okay because everyone's also celebrated it and said, you know, joy to the world. But what he told us to celebrate is his birth. Sorry, death. Sorry, thank you. Is his death. And what that means is that that is critical in our journey as a Christian. That defines who you are. The Bible literally says that your Christianity stands and falls on that single event. First Corinthians chapter is the Bible says, and if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be, to be a false witness about God. For if we testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead and he did not raise him, raise him, in fact, the dead are, sorry, in fact, the dead are not, are not risen. Basically, what is, let's, let's read on, please. Speaking because of our time. He said, for if the dead are not, are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. 
if Christ has not been raised, your faith again, your faith again is futile and you are still in your sins. So what the Bible is saying is that if, if, if you do not understand what happened on resurrection, if you do not understand, you know, I, I, I shared it with us that why the early, early, early fathers of the church chose Sunday to worship was also because that when you read the scripture, the Bible says the first day of the week is such that we do not, we do not forget that the reason why we are gathering is, as our, is, he, is what happened on the cross. This, this is quite important as you go out and evangelize. This is the best time to share the gospel with someone and say, you know, do you really know what Easter means? You know, um, somebody was sharing a story about somebody who, 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 who he met at the um, at the uh, till, and the person was wearing a chain, a cross chain, and the person said that, I guess now you're wearing a cross chain, a, a, a chain with a, a cross pendant. And he said, Yeah, and he said, I know, it's lovely. And the guy said, Are you sure it's, it's a lovely chain? He said, he said, if I if I wear an herring that has a a, um, a picture of a gas chamber or an electric chair. Would you think that's lovely? He said, oh, no, no, that's, that's barbaric. And he said, why are you wearing that cross? He was trying to start a conversation. And he said, um, it's just a nice thing to wear. I said, no, it's like you wearing an electric chair image as a, as a pendant. That thing was actually where people were crucified on. And the person, and you, the person that carried it, actually, you see, the, in history, the greatest, the worst type of death that was ever made was the crucifixion. Was was being crucified. It was as bad as the Romans that invented it. Never allowed their citizens to be killed in that way, no matter what 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 they said they did. And that is, so if that really defines us as Christians, it is important that even as we speak, I'm not going to share this something though, because I had an experience yesterday. And I just want to just quickly go, we went out to do evangelism yesterday. Just wanted to share, uh, or let's just go to the next slide. Now, this is just, um, I just want to first start to so just say one thing in the next five minutes, is that when people talk about religious tolerance, I want you to understand what religious tolerance means. Because sadly, maybe people don't have dictionary, or whatever the case may be. People do not understand what religious tolerance means. Now, this is a dictionary meaning of tolerance. Tolerance means the ability and willingness to tolerate the existence of opinions 
or behaviors that one dis dislikes or you disagree with. That means tolerance means that I disagree with you, but we, we coexist together. But what people have turned religious tolerance to mean is that we both we all agree on something, but that is not even dictionary meaning, that is not tolerance. So when those who profound who made the um, the thing open and said, you know, let's promote religious tolerance, if what they're saying is that you don't agree, but we coexist. Now this is this is because if our faith rises and falls on the death and resurrection of Christ, if that is the definition of being a Christian, as far as we read in First Corinthians. Now let's just kind of go to the next chapter just quickly. Now I just want to say something. This man, this is a man. Do we agree? <laughs> And this is a chimpanzee. Do you know that a man and a chimpanzee, their DNA has 98% coloration? That means we put their DNAs together. 98% of a man's DNA is, is the same as a chimpanzee. But that does not mean they are the same. So no matter what the coloration is, that 2% makes a clear distinction in the two. Does this make sense to us? I'm saying this because one of the things so when we were going out yesterday, some two ladies, they were Muslims, they had hijab and you know, I, I walked up to them. First thing, I think they were not expecting somebody to walk up to them and talk to them about Jesus. So I just said, how is Ramadan doing? I said, that's good. I said, I said that's not I said, how are you coping and things like that. So we spoke about it. Then, and I said, you know, I just wanted to share with you about what Easter means. She said, oh yeah. And it's like cycling now, we had a conversation. And you could see in their faces, they were like, oh, really? We didn't know that. Why has nobody ever told us that? And the other one was a big GT, but she was like, ah, I hope we are not going to. I said, no, 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 we, we were having the conversations. And it was, what was so interesting was that they were like, you know, I said to them, I said, you know, Easter is about the fact that Christ came and died for our sins because I cannot pay for my sins. And I know that you say that if you're good, you would be able to go and things like that. But I can't do that because I don't have the ability to, to always be perfect. I said, I, said, I, said, I said, you know, we have a conversation around the animal and the, the lamb that Abraham sacrificed. Because Abraham could not provide an accurate sacrifice for God. And you have it also in your books that says that that lamb, God had to provide for himself. So do you know that what we celebrate on Easter is that we too can, like Abraham, cannot provide the lamb for ourselves 
and God chose to give a land for himself. Uh, what? Sorry? He said, but why did nobody tell us all of this? <laughs> I said, you know, I too, I'm guilty because the first thing you do when you see people in the Jabba Disa, you just move away, these are these ones. But actually, if they know certain things, you are not, please don't, you're not going there to force them. But you'll be surprised how much you can drop and you will keep in their mind. But I'm not only talking about this, it's important that you, we all understand one thing, that we are not the same. 98% of Islam beliefs, let's put it that way, are in Christianity. In fact, when you read the translation of, 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 the, of the Quran in English, they call Jesus Messiah. They believe in the battle of Christ. They believe that he was born miraculously. They believe that he was the greatest prophet that ever walked. But what they disagree on is his death. And is the Son of God. And that is why Paul said, Our faith rises and falls on that one thing. Let's, I'm just going to just share something with you just for you to see. This is English translation of the Quran. I'm just going to read chapter 4 for you. For you, you can Google it. The um, sorry, Quran says that you know, he said for for the boasting for for the boasting we killed the Messiah. That's why I said we killed the Messiah Jesus, the Son of Mary, the Messenger of Allah. Please know that he did not say the Son. He said, but they neither killed nor crucified him. It is only made to appear so. Even those who argue for this crucifixion are in doubt. They have no knowledge whatsoever. Only make assumptions. They, are, they certainly did not kill him. Rather, Hala raised him up to himself. Hala is mighty, all wise. Let's read on please. Every one of the people of the book, when the Quran that's people of the book, they're talking to Christians. Because when, when there's another part where they say Jews, they will tell you it's Jews and the people of the book, the Bible says, will definitely believe in him before his death. And on the day of judgment, it will be a witness against them. So they believe in resurrection. But they believe that when he resurrects, he will, or his second coming, he will only say, I did not die. That brings you clearly that we are not the same. We are not the same. It's interesting how much Christians don't read the scriptures and how much at times you know, people in the other faith also do not understand. That's why when you speak to some of them, they'll be like, what are you saying, talking about? Are you sure? If this, and you have other references, other, other, other in, 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 in the Quran, but if these three verses is something that you can say, mm, it doesn't really matter, then you do not understand 
what makes a Christian a Christian. What we're saying is that, and please, I want you to understand one thing. I loved those girls with all my heart. We did not, they were baffled, and I understand why. And they went, they, they, they are, we, you know, we spoke, and they went their way. But they were still talking within themselves. What did we just hear? And the question which I have, which, which one, one, one person has always said is that, if these things really existed, why has nobody ever bothered to speak to us about it? I am not saying, please don't get me wrong, I am not saying that you have to force it on them. I'm just saying, just share your thoughts with them and leave it with them. Most of them, God knows how to come to them and make them walk in their own way, in their own pace. Please note that what you are telling somebody to do is to give up their entire life of what they ever, of what they ever, and it's not easy. You, you might find it easier because you've been in church all your life. So that's why it's important that you respect their opinions. You respect it. You treat them respectfully. Only if they can just share whatever you know and give it to them. But the greatest problem is that when Christians think that we are exactly the same, that is where there is a problem. That is where there is a problem. And that is why I started by defining religious tolerance. Religious tolerance means you disagree on an issue, but that does not mean you do not correct it. Does that make sense? Jesus, Jesus lived in the Roman Empire. He did not believe in what they were doing. But he, he, didn't, he, he wasn't going around cutting people's necks <laughs> or shouting them down. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want us to let us just rise up, please, as we come to the place of prayer. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.